Welcome to the Land Your Bet Sports Betting Podcast. Coming at you guys with NBA Southeast Division. We're rolling along here. You know Kareem K. He's been with us the whole time and will continue to be with us as we move through each division to get through each and every team in the NBA and some future bets that we're talking about here. We are also graced by the presence of Eddie Walls from Right Angle Sports. Thanks for coming on, man. How you doing today? Good. Thank you. Yeah. Do you want... uh, I was gonna. I was gonna ask. Do you want to let everyone know a little bit about? I know you're major, major college football better over at RAS, but I imagine that you have plenty of uh, of NBA plays that you make each season. Yeah. No. I um, I take NBA just as serious as I do college football. Um, I've had quite a lot of success in the NBA. Uh, last year was my first losing year, though. Uh, just had a downswing that I really couldn't get out of, and uh, very eager to start the year this year. Um, all of my reads last year were really good. Just variance was really, really unkind to me which will happen when you're betting at high volume, um, which I do. I'm a pretty high volume guy. I bet both sides and totals um, every day the market's available. So. Yeah. And, and you and you dabble in the futures markets as well. I think Kareem was telling me you, you deal with, you, you probably play a lot of totals. Is that right? Win totals? Yeah, I play RSWs. Um, I play, you know, I mean, Kareem's the, the futures guy. I'm just an RSW guy. Um, so I probably have eh, conservatively around seven per season. Um, I've always yep. done really well with RSWs just because I do a lot of preseason work and try to get a lot of information on coaches and rosters and, you know, future plans for franchises. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there's the consistency of playing the same type of schedule each year in the NBA, same, same number of teams, you know, where you're playing, who you're playing. So, uh, yeah, you know, we're going to, like I said, get right into that Southeast division here. So I, without further ado, I'll just jump right into it. Uh, and start talking about some of these teams. I, I think we can probably call this almost guaranteed to be the worst division in the NBA with uh, the amount of teams that are likely to potentially have the worst record from this division. So reading through uh, the teams and their odds to win the Southeast, Miami's at minus 179. These are all across different books, just shopping the best lines. Atlanta plus 220, Orlando plus 1,000, Washington's 150 uh, to 1, and Charlotte is 250 to 1 to win this division. I know there's going to be some discrepancy between some opinions about Washington and Charlotte, who's worse, but we'll get into that after we get to the bottom of this division. So let's start at the top with, I guess you still put Miami there, at least according to uh, expected wins as we have it. Just a few notes about Miami. In comes Thomas Bryant, Josh Richardson, and if you care, Justin Champagny. And out goes Victor uh, Oladipo, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Omar Yurt Seven, and Cody Zeller. So a lot of new faces or a couple at least new faces that'll be coming in off the bench. Their, their role players look a lot different, obviously, especially if Hero's back. That would be different from the end of last season. So I'll start with you, Kareem, and see what, where you go with this division. Yeah, just starting with Miami. I mean, this was a team that was expected based on point differential just to win 40 games this year. And they had, you know, relatively good health. Like Bam was available for for most of the season last year. I just, it's hard to see them getting any better as a regular season team. Hawk as their rookie will, will be, I think a really good player, but it's hard. Like it's hard to see him. I mean, I think best case scenario, he replaces the the productivity or, or the expected wins added for Vincent and Struess during the regular season. It's just, I think their run, I don't know if it helps them when it comes to this regular season playing, playing this is an older team. They played all the way into June. Um, so I, Eddie and I actually spoke about them and, and we're both on, on the under here. I don't know, Eddie, if you want to add anything here. Yeah. I, I just think yeah. that 
this this I could probably argue this is a bottom ten, bottom twelve roster in the NBA. Um, their lineup is really dependent on Jim, Jimmy and Bam. Um, if Robinson has a resurgence, then you guess you have a shooter there. Um, their bench is pretty weak. They lose Struess. They lose Vincent. I could argue that anybody in this division is just as good as them, except for Washington. Uh, I mean, any injury whatsoever, they have absolutely no depth. I know that Spo does wonderful things. They don't have any assets for trades. They're at cap, so this is kind of the team you're going to get for the entire season. Yeah, and I think we've established what Tyler Hero's trade value is, and it's it's definitely not anything that Portland wanted, uh, as they made clear, and it doesn't seem like it would be anything that they can, Portland continued to not want that and went for Drew Holiday either, and obviously there was a much better package coming from Boston. So, uh, yeah, I would agree with, with everything you guys are saying. I think if, with how dependent it is on you know Jimmy Butler to be a hero, which is something he doesn't do until the playoffs anyway, played 54 games last season, and who knows how often these Heat players were injured versus not injured. It's totally, it was the Wild West with trying to predict who was actually going to get minutes each night on a day-to-day basis for that team. It was a huge stay away on a, on a game-by-game basis for me with that team. Josh Richardson comes in, and like I guess that's cool because you have some more tenacious defense. Still don't have any three-point shooting. Every team in this division was in the bottom half of the league in terms of three-pointers made and percentage of their points uh, that, or field goals that they took off of three. So they're not even really shooting them much less making them. Uh, and so, yeah, I think there's you continue to like the under for, for the Heat as they are just not going to be you know competitive with the sort of top four teams in the in the East during the regular season. So uh, any any other best book for that game, uh, that that team before we move on, Cleo? I know you, you're talking about wins there for a sec. Yeah, I, I, I bet them to make the play-in game at plus 250. I think there's five teams that I have firmly ahead of them in Boston, Milwaukee, New York, Philly, Cleveland. And so they really only need one other team to pass them to to cash that bet. And I think that's, you know, between Indiana maybe being good, the Hawks playing better under Snyder, I think that there's a good chance that they're in the 7 through 10 range. And I think at plus 250, that's a, a, you're, you're getting good value there uh, based on their range of outcomes. Yeah, and that, that would probably put their win total, what, like a, in between yeah. 37 and 41-ish? is usually what, what makes the play-in in the East over the last two seasons. So I, I would agree with that. Any thoughts on, on the play-in bet there, Eddie? No, that's that's Kareem's market. That's, that's the man. Yeah, I don't even know what that market looks like mostly. So you know, unless he tells me something, I'm completely blind to it. I love that. I mean, here's the thing too, full disclaimer, I'm going to be playing these markets a lot closer to All-Star break. That's when I start looking at, at seeding because now you've got like a 28-ish game stretch where you know a little bit more about what you have. The trade deadline has come and gone. Each team has sort of dis- like let you know if they're really going to be making a run down the stretch or not. And it's really, you know, you have more, sort of a, a smaller pool of teams to choose from that are very likely to make the play-in. Um, a- anything else, Heat, before I move on to the to the Hawks? Because I am eager to talk about the Hawks. No, under under 46 and a half there. Yep, under 46 and a half and a little bit on the, uh, on the play-in tournament for the Heat as well. Atlanta, I don't... With, Perpetual 500 Atlanta. In comes Kobe Bufkin, Wes Matthews, and Patty Mills. That is a, a wide range of ages there from Bufkin to those guys. And then out is John Collins and Aaron Holiday as well, who at least hit some threes and played more than 50 games for them. So their starting lineup, you know, it's going to be Trey Young, DeJanta, uh, DeAndre Murray, and then Sadiq Bay, and then Clint Capella. And, and Sadiq Bay is interesting because he did shoot well last season, about two for five from three. The Hawks need that. They, they shot the fewest threes in the league last year. As obviously as a result also made in the, in the bottom six or so 
in terms of uh, three pointers made on the on the whole over the season. So they got a little bit better there, I suppose. Especially if Bogey comes back and plays a bunch more, he pulled about six threes per game last year. So you know, there's a, a lot more volume from him coming. I guess I'm I don't I just still don't know what to do with this team unless you think Quinn Snyder is going to make a real difference. I do. I think Quinn Snyder makes a hell of a difference. And not only that, I think that they probably move on from Capella because he's a good trade asset at this point. Um, you have open floor. They want to get open space. Look at what happened um, when Snyder took over midway through the season. I mean, the offense took off. Um, the defense fell off, but they won games. Um, I think that they're a team on the rise if they just let Trey Young kind of open in space and raise small ball, um, get out of the way of trying to play interior defense. I mean, it just doesn't really work with the system that Snyder, you know, wants to run. Um, he was always held back by Gobert in Salt Lake City. So now you're going to go ahead and have a team with Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, Bogey, and a bunch of shooters. I think Bay's still there too, right? I mean, they got him yeah. still there. I mean, it's a roster that's made to score. Um, they're going to play small ball. They're going to go fast. I mean, my only big concern is if they hang on to Capella and the other big, I can't remember his name, Agawanda, I think his name. Um, uh, yeah, Kongu. Kongu, yeah. If they, if, they, if they hang on to those two, I think that they kind of have problems with the spacing and the system that they want to run. I don't know if there's a good trade value out there for Capella. Um, if he ends up on the, on the team for the entire season and they don't get any kind of shooters for him, it could be problematic, especially with injuries. But overall, I think they're definitely a team on the rise. I like their roster better than Miami's, honestly. So, so Kareem is smiling, and I think I know why, and I'll, I'll let him talk about this in a second because you were talking about Capella. I want I, since you do so much work with coaches, though, Eddie, in, in looking into that kind of stuff. What is is Quinn? I know Quinn Snyder was somewhat forced to run a ton of pick and rolls in Utah because otherwise Rudy was just in the way and there was nowhere else to put him on offense, right? But do you think that's still something he wants to run, or, or you actually think he wants to spread it a bit more, play small ball, in which case he would now just have an asset in Capella as opposed to someone that could help his team? I just read through, read through the tea leaves. I think he just wants to play an open space game. I think he just wants lots of spacing, you know. Lots of Trey in the middle distributing to outside shooters, and that makes perfect sense. There's really no need for them to play a pick-and-roll game. Um, I mean, Capella doesn't give you anything on offense anyway, so right. he, much like Gobert, is just standing in the way. And I know you lose an offensive rebounder, but, I mean, he wasn't that valuable as that anyway. I think you can get that from anybody. So you lose, yeah, if, if you, do you lose the defensive asset, but if you're able to outscore everybody, I think it feels good. Yeah, they're not good on defense anyway, to be honest. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Right. Uh, Kareem, I, I think you had something for Capella though, which is why you yeah, might be. There was a bet. Yeah. There was a bet early on at Fanduel that was him to record eleven rebounds per game at plus four hundred. Eleven rebounds per game is kind of his. Has kind of been his average on the low end of his average his whole career. So I think I don't know why that number was there, but it's gone now. Gotcha. Um, I I think like. I agree with Eddie a lot, and but I I almost I honestly don't know if it's, I mean Utah with Snyder was top of the league in scoring even with Gobert, and I I think like having that lob threat is good for Trey. I do think Akangwu maybe fits that role better with what they're trying to do, and he's a little more of a prolific scorer. I just don't. Uh, so like yeah. I think tar like targeting overs with that team, as far as like single game totals make sense. I just you know I can't get to a much higher number with them than like forty two, so like around five hundred. So yeah, I left this alone. There's there's another bet on Fanduel for for Trey Young to average 
25 and 10 in in the in the play-in tournament um under their plan specials and again those are his averages but that's priced at plus 250 and i think i i think they they're taking weirdly a decently sized bet on a clean account for that and so that's something i played for this team but other than that i think i'm gonna kind of wait and see like what they do with capella um as far as attacking attacking them as like a buyer or sell team well it seems it seems like there's a bet on them to win the division somewhere in here with how much you guys like them and don't like miami no (laughs) yeah i think so i mean I, I really don't know what Miami's going to, you know, I don't know what they're going to be, but I think the upside, what's the price on them to win the division? The best price? The best one that I have was plus two, what did I say? Plus 220. I don't think it's plus 220, is it? I, I think that can't be Yeah, right. that's what I, hold on, let me look again where I found it. I mean, if it's yeah. plus 220, that's a slam dunk, but I just, I have a hard time believing you're going to be able to get down more than like $100 yeah, or think- something on that. <laughs> Uh, well, I, is that not what it is on FanDuel? Maybe my prop finder tool here is is slow to, to pick it back me, up. But I'll, I'll pull up FanDuel specifically. Uh, BetMGM is offering it for plus two twenty. If anyone wants that action, yeah, I mean, I mean that. I mean, if it's really plus two twenty and you can find that number and you're trying to build it, it is back. plus two twenty. Yeah, yeah. I, so that, thank you, prop finder tool. I don't see. Yeah, that that feels like a good bet. There's no reason Miami should be minus one ninety five in, in Atlanta. Like, I see. You know, I, I just in this division, realistically, yeah. it takes it takes forty four wins to win the division for sure, and that's in their rate. Yeah. Oh, this is gross. Um, it's such a gross division, but still somehow so alluring to talk about. It's like a train wreck you can't turn yeah. away from. So no. at plus two twenty, yeah, that, that seems like the obvious bet after everything that I've just heard from from both of you guys, especially. Yeah, I mean, look, I would agree. I think, let's talk about Orlando because I, right. I actually, if you're ready for that, that is the that is the the next step in this equation, which is okay. Well, we like the value on on Atlanta versus Miami to win the division if you look at it head to head. But what about that sneaky third team that comes in and actually you know dilutes those odds a little bit? So what do you do with Orlando? I mean, I guess I'll, I'll intro them a little bit better than that by saying. Uh, first of all, I love this team so much. They were my favorite team last year to bet on as home underdogs. We'll see if that persists this season because they were consistently plus six and a half point underdogs at home when they shouldn't have been. So if Markel Fultz stays healthy, he's in there. Gary Harris, Franz, Paulo, and then we know Wendell Carter Jr. Um, we've got some some Mo Wagner in there. We probably have Anthony Black coming off the bench, or do you think he he starts because you're shaking your head, Kareem? No, no, I'm just, I'm just kind of okay. listening. To okay, cool, yeah. So Anthony Black we have in there. Jet Howard... A lot of people were questioning that pick. Joe Ingles is in there. And just because I love saying his name, Goga Batadze as well on the Magic. So I, I, I think as far as a lot of a lot of players that are NBA capable, they have a lot of them. They, there's there's that on this roster. Obviously, Cole Anthony coming off the bench and whatever you want to do with Jalen Suggs. But they have like a solid, they'll have a solid four or five dudes coming off the bench at any given night. A really good eight to nine man rotation. I will say last year they had the fourth worst offensive rating in the league. They were also bottom 10 like everybody else in this division in three-point shooting. In you know, at the the transactions this season, not too much except for Joe Ingles, and they lost Bull Bull and Michael Carter Williams, whatever you want to do with that. So it's relatively the same roster. A lot there's gonna be a lot of people calling for Franz Wagner All-Star that they all live in Orlando, uh, probably. So we'll see what happens with that. But what do you what do you think of this team, Eddie, before I get to Kareem, I bet Kareem might be making here? I mean, there's good upside. They have a really good coach. Um, they play extremely hard for them. Um, my biggest problem with Orlando for the last couple of years now is they just don't have the perimeter shooting. 
Um, they have a lot of guys that can play, you know, I mean, Paulo is exceptional. Um, I mean, he was so impressive last year. He deserved all the accolades that he did, but he yeah. doesn't have that three-point shot. Fultz doesn't have any three-point shot. I know that they drafted a guy that have a three-point shot. I know that they still gave, Ing they, get, they got Ingles who can shoot, but doesn't give anything on defense. It feels like kind of a addition by subtraction. I mean, I don't know how you play him at this age for serious minutes. Um, I just worry about their scoring um, just in general. Um, I know that they can get up and down the court well because they're pretty youthful. Um, they were a pretty big under team for me last year. It didn't always pan out, but I really felt that I really felt that if they just added, you know, a couple of really good three guys that they could really have some high upside. And I was surprised they didn't do so. Um, I don't know enough about their rookies, but I can't project them much higher than where they were last year. How many wins did they have last year? Right, right around 36 or so, 32? I think 34, yeah. Or yeah, so right in between there. Uh, and their projected win total for this year is a little bit right around there again. I believe 36 and a half, yeah. So, I, yeah, are you playing their their regular season win total there? I have nothing there, none. Okay. And, and Kareem, do you, do you have any bets on this team? Slash, do you think that they could, you know, sneakily contend for this division? Yeah, I think they haven't solved their shooting issues, right? But we talked about this division if you're in the if you're in the low 40s you're in you're in the mix right and i just think what they do have is two future in my opinion future all-stars in benchero and in wagner who was great they were you know benchero had his moments the summer in the world cup and wagner certainly did as as germany won gold with him as one of the centerpieces i just think like that they they were th around 30 mid 30s last year and, and the path to them getting better is is just their internal improvement and like their their development these guys are in like their early 20s i think Vanchero was a teenager last year like you would expect a pretty big jump from them uh just by virtue of them gaining experience and i think those are the types of players that win in in today's nba when you think about long rangy wings who can score at different levels and I just think you're getting 10 to one on them to win the division in some places. And yeah. I, I just think that let's say, you know, Atlanta can't defend Miami. It, Miami we know is not going to be a team that we're really worried about pushing, pushing upper forties. So, I just think Orlando, if if those guys develop and like take a jump, which is well within their range of outcomes, they could be in that mix, and that's a bet that I'll be placing for them to win at ten to one. Yeah, yeah, to to take the division, I'm with it. Uh, any other way that you play them as well? Like, I guess is is there anything for the playoffs? You can get plus one ninety in some places, but I the, them to win forty is plus two fifty. I think I have I have a little bit of value there, but nothing as far as they're right like i just don't have a big discrepancy from my projections to their numbers and and so it's not a stay away it, it's a stay away in the rsw market for me i just think the the upside of those two guys and just just really taking a step is that there's variance there and i want to play the upside there totally i'm going to be going to their game out here uh in golden state when when i'm able to see them because i i love this team so much i'm such a weird magic stand should we just talk about the Hornets and the Wizards in the same breath? 
Do we really no. need to split them up? No, we should split them up. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> this is where we should be spending the bulk of our time, right, Eddie? <laughs> First of all, I love. I want to see. I want to see. I want to hear Eddie talk about Charlotte, man. Yeah. He's going to be describing like the 96 Bulls with their <laughs> roster of stars. not go that far, but I don't yeah. think that, I, I mean, I bet the over, I bet the over in the regular season wins. I mean, I think that they have good depth. I, I think that they have a one, I think that they have, they have a really good starting lineup. What's wrong with their starting lineup? They have Ball, Rozier, Bridges, uh, Mark Williams, Oops. and Gordon Hayward. They still got PJ. Don't they still have PJ? Yeah. Yeah. He's coming off the bench. So is Cody Martin. I mean, yeah. I, I don't really understand what there is to dislike about this team to the point where, like, I thought that 31 was a steal or 30 and a half or whatever it was. I was like, I think I'm projected in the mid-30s. Um, don't get me wrong. They, they have issues for sure. I mean, you know, they still have Kai Jones on his team and he's still making Instagram phone, you know, posts where he's completely high out of his mind. And, you know, he's they listed still- as out just for the record and and like out of like out of his mind and out on the depth chart right, <laughs> right. So he, yeah i mean they still have issues out their depth you know i mean their two backup guards are you know mcgowan's and maladon they're not going to give you much you have edmund sumner another guy that's probably not going to give you much but you have good depth at center with nick richards i mean nick richards mark williams is a pretty good combo um, I don't, I, I mean, I don't think that they're world beaters. I don't expect them to win the division, but I think them, I think they could contend for quite a lot of the season. Um, I just can't find a lot of downside with this team other than also they do have an absolutely horrible coach for this roster. I should make that clear. Um, you really can't find a worse coach for ball yeah. than Clifford. I mean, you know, he is going to bench him at some point for taking, you know, a 30 point three, uh, three pointer two seconds out of the shot clock. That's just who yeah. he is. But I mean, I just can't find how this team is winning only 25 games with this kind of roster. I think that they're really built um, <laughs> to win 35 to 36 games. Um, I, I, I really think that they're actually, I could argue that they're a better roster than Orlando. I know you guys both like Orlando, but I mean, they have plenty of shooting. Um, they have up and coming players as well. Um, I don't know. I just, I really, I really like this team's upside. Um, the problem is, is if obviously if you have any kind of injury to ball, um, you're in pretty bad shape, which we saw last year. I mean, with him out, even as much as him and the coach have conflict and stuff like that, if he's not on the court, you then have James Booknight on the court, which is an app faster. I mean, it doesn't get worse than that. Right. So that's the problem with betting some of these teams is that if one player can make or break you, that player has to stay healthy. Um, he can miss probably 10 games, but if he misses 20, 30 games, like last year, I'm in bad shape. ESPN did an article like, and you still haven't given us your Mark Williams description, Eddie, which I'm excited about. Um, (laughs) ESPN did an article last, like about five years ago, about just injuries that are happening with this new generation of NBA players who who have been, you know, it's like the first group that was really immersed in AU culture AAU, where they're yeah. playing hoops all the time. And we've seen it with Zion, we've seen it with, with Lonzo, obviously. And I, I think to Eddie's point, that it again, that team as currently constructed is you know the roster looks good and i actually can't i can't bet a regular season under on them because like on paper with bridges back like this is 
a, a mid thirties team, which is above their total, but they are so, you know, who teams that you want to play regular season win overs on are teams that, that can overcome an injury, right? Like the Knicks, uh, yeah, LaMelo is someone who missed a chunk of the season last year and they have no one behind him at all, right? It gets really murky. I also just worry about, and this is inside, this is a bit subjective and not something I, I would include in my, you know, in like the, the, the main hypothesis of the bet, but this is a team that like organizationally is, is quite a mess. Uh, I had a buddy over in summer league who, who went to, who was invited to one of their practices and he he goes to a lot of summer league practices and and he was just saying like they they their practice was just a mess you had guys doing their own thing checking their phones on the side like it's just hard to get behind an organization like this even if you think about we didn't talk about Brandon Miller but yeah i, I don't i don't know where where the gm is coming from saying that they're in a team where they can prioritize fit <laughs> Like this is a team that hasn't made the playoffs and he's drafting for need at number two and passing up a guy like Scoot for Brandon Miller, who who could be fine, but let's be honest, he looked really bad in summer league. So I just, I, I actually, Eddie's talked me into the upside and <laughs> I am betting them to make the plan because I think that's, you know, if they stay healthy, I, I, I have them around there. It's plus three ten for them to make the plan. Mm-hmm. All again, I think that's a good bet. I just, I worry about the injury risk and just frankly, like the organizational leadership, who's bringing the, who made the decision to bring in Clifford with a team like this. Yeah. I worry about those things. What do you yeah. think? What do you think? Go ahead, what do you think would happen if like, is Brandon Miller is going to come off the bench? It looks like, I mean, a number three overall, it just shows how weird that organization is. Um, yeah, I mean, information saying that Gordon Hayward's going to start for them. Yeah, I imagine so. I mean, I just can't see like you know, he had, everything I've read about him is he just hasn't shown a lot of product productivity, his work ethics there, but he just doesn't jump out of the gym at you, and it's hard yeah. to it's hard to bench a, a veteran that averages twenty a game. Uh, you know, I mean, Miller has got huge upside because Hayward misses a ton of games even when he is healthy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're going to have to play him quite a lot. So I imagine he starts the right. season coming off the bench, but I mean, he makes such a good point that the organization's a mess just with the roster. There's no way I can project this team under 31 wins. It's, it's almost impossible. Let's go ahead and, and wrap with the wizards then. So who, who's the wizards fan here? I believe it's, it's Kareem and how anti wizards are you Eddie? I mean, I think they're the worst team in the, the NBA. I, I had a hard time listening to an argument on why they're not. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Take it away, Kareem. <laughs> I still haven't seen you like make your Mark Williams comparison. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll save that for no, next you time. Wanna, no, we can interrupt. What's the Mark Williams comparison? I, I, he tried telling me that what Mark Williams was, what was it? Like, uh, he was the worst center in the league or something, I, I think. Wow. And, I mean, I didn't know. No. There's, there's no possible way. I mean, he showed great upside as a, as a, as a rookie. Um, I know that he was hurt and had a broken wrist for like the last few games, but I mean, he was super solid. I thought he showed tremendous upside. And I mean, I would take better. I don't think the guy, I think Gafford and him are the same player, except he's younger with higher upside. Wow. Yeah. I mean, am I, so what is it? Here's my, here's my pitch 
on the Wizards. Now, I, I'm not going to sit here like they're the they're an incredible team and like I can't wait. But man, what's their their win to- totals mid 20s and I just can't I just can't get there. I have them projected for 28 wins. I just think like there's some there's some NBA level players on this roster. Like how we right now are are falling, I think we're falling for like the last version of Jordan Poole that we saw, right? Like the the version of Jordan Poole got run off the court in the playoffs, who who was bad, who you know, but dude, like he got he got punched in the face by Draymond Green. Like it's hard to like could you imagine performing it at, at at your work if you if your leader just punched you in the face because you thought you were good because I mean, your senior director punched you in the face yeah. in a board meeting yeah. he's a at his peak which what like one would argue that he hasn't reached yet but like at the peak of his career so far this dude was some people were like this guy has steph curry like like gravity well, the, right? the interesting thing with him is that you talk about his peak but his peak was fought like he started in a valley he rose up into a peak and then he yeah. fell right back into a valley yeah. so that would be why the stock dropped because he I, dropped. i just think this is a team like he's the guy on this team and I, I don't think like as as an option offensively this dude can make shots and and he can be you know a, a high a mid to high 20 point per game score um Who's better than when you think about like the twenty win teams of last year, like Kate, the the Pistons without Cade, the Spurs with no one? Like this is a better rot. Like you have Poole, Kuzma has been a, a productive player for okay. some time now. Uh, Can I interest you in some one hundred to one on Jordan Poole to lead the league in scoring? No. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to see how far you were taking this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just think like it's hard it's hard to see them be as bad as like the Houstons of last year. Like this is they got they got some players like Gallinari back from the ACL. You, you know, he's a he's been a plus offensive player for quite some time. I'm curious Eddie like this is a team what I was looking at like they have all plus offensive and minus defensive players. Like who? It would you yeah, must I mean, be maybe targeting overs with these guys? No, over Danny Gafford. Yeah, I mean, I would if they had any other coach in the world. Unseld, he just doesn't let anybody run whatsoever. And you know that, like the second that Poole takes a bad shot, he's going to get subbed out for Daylon Green for at least a few minutes. <laughs> And I mean that's just that's just who he is. Unseld cannot help himself. He's probably the worst coach in the NBA. Um, he's built for 1987 basketball. I mean, if I if if literally if an assistant that I didn't know was coaching this team, I would be like just take overs blindly. But you can't do that with this guy. Like this dude is literally. I mean, I remember last year they had a game that they won. I can't remember. It was like 125, 122 against somebody. It was pretty early in the season, and he was like in the post game conference. He was he was just very upset Living. about the way that they got out of control and they were not spacing properly, and their defensive sure. sets. And he's still calling defensive sets in a game that's one twenty five, one twenty two. It's like, dude, like just let him play and win. Like, what are you doing? You know, I mean, like, I really think that we might see a better version of Brandy Bradley Beal almost anywhere. <laughs> in the NBA mm-hmm. because he was held back by a coach 
that was constantly preaching defense to him and didn't really care if they won or lost as long as they played his style and his system. So I just I mean can't, let's just just can't let, get the rock. Just, yeah, but just look at this like analytically, right? I mean, how many how many games do you think Porzingis and Beal in their form of last year? How how many how many wins are those guys worth? Oh yeah, no, I mean a lot. But, you, I, but I, like, I can you get where you're going with this? I I understand what you're saying, but at the end of the day, your starting lineup is absolutely the worst in the NBA. There's you, you can't convince me differently. There's who who in the NBA. Do you look at the starting lineup and go like, oh yeah, that's that team is definitely worse than the Wiz. Like, there's just not, and I just feel like this team, at some point, is going to tank if they are not having any kind of success. And your roster in the NBA is only going to allow you to go so far. I mean, <laughs> you're going to have a lot of Daylon Wright, Landry Shamit uh, minutes <laughs> in there. You know, nails on the chalkboard. Yeah, dude. I mean, Mike Mescala is going to be your starting center for the first month of the season. Yeah. Dude, I was I was looking at I was looking at who they picked up and who they lost, and everybody that they picked up, I was like, oh my god, that guy's so bad, and he's going to get minutes on this yeah. team. Uh, I, I, like, I guess Mike Muscala is relevant here because he's going to get fucking minutes. Well, Taj, Taj Gibson's going to be out there. He's yeah. your starter. Yeah, when Gafford's hurt, he's starting center. No, man, they're not going to start Taj Gibson. Who do you start? They'll play Gallo at the five. They got oh, they're gonna play Gallo. Did you hear what you just said? <laughs> if they play well, Gallo, at the you guys five. don't think you think Tyus Jones is is terrible? I love Tyus Jones. Let me it's, let me take a stance. Their point. He leads that. What does he do? Lead the NBA in assists and turnovers. Uh, Tyus Maricha. No, no, no. That can't be. Right. He's up there, man. That can't be right. Jordan Poole's on his team. What are you talking about? That's it, that's the word we're talking. Oh, no, I mean, I mean previously. Oh, okay. Um. He, yeah. he, so what's what's interesting is like they have. Yeah. I I would agree that this roster, when you just look at it on paper, is better than twenty three and a half wins. Which you can still get an over on that on Fanduel. Um. If if you want to hit that right now, don't hit that. Let's just try and just, just, like even me and I'm like I, I'm saying this. I wouldn't bet. That's, over. that's I'm 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 seeing that as well. I was I was basing that on what you were saying because to finish my point. Like the ways that this turns sour, there's just so many more outs there than the ways that it goes well. The, the the outs for it going sour start with Jordan Poole just staring him directly in the face. They move on to Koulibaly is not as good as we think he is yet, and and you know he's forced into a situation where he needs to play more for them because they have no de- defensive presence or offense. Well, Kuz is a good offensive rebounder, and, and Gafford is too. Once you get to the bench, that's going to be his job if it doesn't work well. So there's just a lot like Taj Gibson's 102 years old. That's probably another thing that's going to break down at some point this season. Uh, Landry Shamit is you're you're relying on a Landry Shamit now to come off the bench and hit threes. Like there's just so many ways this goes wrong that I think it does go wrong in the locker room. Who knows what that's going to look like with with, with the players on this team? At least with Beal, you had somebody in there that the players looked at uh, as at least someone who'd been there for a while and a leader. And they don't have any of that anymore. So I, yeah, I'm I'm not touching this team at all. I would lean towards worst record in the league once that yeah. bet's available. I agree. I mean, your starting lineup is Tyus, Poole, Kispert, Kuzma, and Gafford, correct? Yep. I mean, yeah, you can't. That's not that bad. No, it's not that bad, but it's not the. It's, it's definitely the worst team. It's the best starting lineup in the NBA. It's it, it's easily the worst one. I mean, I think I, ha- I think I think I 
think the Spurs would give them a run for their money oh, for worse. True. You okay. Have, you yeah, have Tyus's. Is, you literally have Tyus's brother at point guard. Right. Trey. Right. right. Then you yeah. got Vassell, Vassell, who they just resigned. To, uh, you know, to a, a nice contract, but like I'm still not fully sold. Keldon Johnson. I think we literally know what he is at this point. I don't think he's going past the ceiling he's at now. How many games is Victor Wembanyama going to play? How good is he going to be off the bat? And then Zach Collins, which how many games is he going to play? And the answer to how good is he going to be is not very. So for a whole season, that can't be your starting center. That's a backup center prototype in, in a nutshell. So you're 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 counter any of that, Kareem? Yeah, they play. Who are they? They you we also in I, I actually one of uh, Eddie's Eddie's colleagues at at Right Angle Sports had had a really great analysis and one of the things he said about the Heat is and just something that might quell his enthusiasm for the under was just their their uh, schedule because the Heat play like all the teams in the Southeast four times plus they play you know Detroit four times and so that's only worth a game or two right but I mean the Wizards are <laughs> with the line Washington versus Charlotte like if the game's in Washington they have a 50-50 chance of winning and they, I just think like <laughs> I just think I can't I'm betting, and this might be the dumbest bet I make all year, but <laughs> for them to win 30 games on FanDuel is plus 330. Ah, you're telling me they don't have a 25% chance to win 30 games. Someone has to win 25 or fewer games in this league, man. Yeah, and they will probably the be one of them, but I just think 30 is such a, 30 is such a low bar, and that is actually one of the interesting things and I'll keep coming back to it is like to win 25 games, like the teams who won less than that last year were literally teams who just weren't playing any NBA players, right? Like Portland after Dame was gone, they were starting like Brandon Johnson and, and some dudes you've never heard of. The Spurs were in the same boat. Zach Collins and Keita Bates-Diop were, like, were their top scoring options. Washington right now, and I understand they could just be like, fuck it. They're good, man. And, and Jordan Poole is, has at his, at his peak, has the ability to be a top scoring option on a team in the league. I, I'm not saying he's a winning player, but I think he could easily be a neutral player. And Price on I think they, I think it's within their, you know, it's within one standard deviation of their outcomes that they win 30 games. So I think I'm, you, I think that you have a correlated bet, and you don't realize it. So if you think that they could win thirty games, why wouldn't you bet Jordan Poole most improved player? That's like a little. I think, right? Poole to to be most improved player, you generally have to be a, a on a playoff team. Same, okay. And this is even you know, me. I, I'll tell you, this isn't a playoff team. You know, I know nothing about these markets. I just try to act smart. So uh, it's <laughs> going well. It's going well. <laughs> you think you need to be on a on a on a you, that that's that's historically the trend. Yeah, yeah. To win any of these awards, you have to be on a winning team for the most part, unless it's rookie of the year. Of a rookie, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, all right. It'll be interesting. I, I I do think there's a world that Charlotte finishes worse than Washington. Yeah, there is. I think there's like four, three, maybe four legitimate teams. I think the best bets for worst record are one of those two. Uh, and the Spurs is, is where I'm at. I still think the Spurs are going to be 
uh, tanking essentially. And even if they're not like they're, <laughs> I think, like I said, Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson aren't going to be any kind of cornerstones of a legitimate basketball team, like playoff team, in my opinion, moving forward. So, um, gentlemen, this was fun. I'm going to get you guys back on so we can talk about this like a quarter way in and see how the yep. Wiz and the, and the Hornets are doing. We'll put up our, our uh, a Hornets Wizards meter and see how fast they move up in wins because I kind of want to see that comparatively. But uh, Eddie, appreciate you coming on to, to join us, man. We're going to be uh, moving on to, uh, I think we'll probably start at the Pacific to in the West and get that done as we get closer to the season here. Um, but we'll, we'll discuss and get back to you as we roll along with these divisions. So appreciate everybody listening, tuning in, watching and all that. Like and subscribe if you would. Rate the podcast and all that. And until I talk to you next, happy betting. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.